0: Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. Psalm chapter 111, verse 10 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This verse speaks divine truth as a function of what it explicitly says. Even more, it follows logically that the double negative of this verse expresses the same principle. That is, not fearing the Lord is the beginning of folly. What does this mean exactly, that not fearing the Lord is the beginning of folly? Well, the narrative in Genesis chapter 3 explains marvelously. As many people may already be familiar, that chapter details the fall of humankind when Adam and Eve decided to trust in the serpent's lie rather than trust in God's truth. This is where human folly first began because what nudged Adam and Eve away from God was that they did not fear Him. In Psalm 111.10, the word fear is translated from the Hebrew word "yirah." While Yirah does carry the meaning of having a feeling of terror or great anxiety over something, its primary meaning is reverence or a state of piety and respect toward a superior. So, when Psalm 111.10 says the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom, it means revering God is the start of good sense, good judgment, and making the right decisions. Adam and Eve did not revere God in the Garden of Eden, and as a result, they suffered the consequences of their unwise choice. Now herein lies the question, if fearing or revering God is the sensible thing to do, then why did Adam and Eve not revere the Lord? There are three reasons, and each reason highlights the beginning of folly. First, as a result of the serpent's suggestion, Adam and Eve began to doubt God's power. In Genesis 3.1, the serpent asks, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? In essence, the serpent was asking, Did God actually say what he said? Did he actually mean those words he spoke to you? The serpent's implication here is that God is not trustworthy and therefore you can't actually believe him. It is the beginning of folly to therefore doubt what God has said and take it upon yourself to begin doubting that what he said is actually what he meant. In the Garden of Eden, if we analyze what was happening in its immediate context, Adam and Eve were in God's garden, breathing God's air, and lived in a paradise without want. God had already did all of that for them. So for Adam and Eve, a meaningful reason to doubt God did not exist. Still, Adam and Eve took the bait and began to consider that in spite of everything he had already done for them, God was not reliable. Second, in Genesis 3.3, Eve reiterates God's declaration that if they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they would die. In the next verse, the serpent tells a flat out lie and says, you surely will not die. The implication here is not only that God is a liar, but also that God lacks the power to impose a penalty of death for disobedience. It is the beginning of folly to therefore doubt that God is all-powerful and that He has the power to enforce His justice. Once again, all Adam and Eve would have to do is look around to see a tangible demonstration of God's power. When they did look around, they would see all of creation God's handiwork. God created everything out of nothing because he is God, because he is all-powerful, and only an all-powerful God could create everything out of nothing. In contrast, the serpent did not have any creative power, and his suggestion that Adam and Eve disobey had a possible benefit attached, but nothing concrete. At this point in the narrative, God did not provide any possibilities because he already provided everything in reality. Third, the serpent continues and gives a reason why Adam and Eve should not fear the Lord and disobey God. In Genesis 3.5, the serpent says, For God knows that in the day you eat from the tree, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Here, the serpent insinuates that God was not good. He suggests that the reason why he placed a prohibition on their eating the fruit of the tree did not have any virtue behind it. The serpent insinuated that God is evil and cruel, and the only reason why he gave Adam and Eve a prohibition is so that they would not become like him. The serpent manufactured a false reality where if Adam and Eve obeyed, they would miss out and be miserable. If they sinned, they would benefit and be happy. It is the beginning of folly to doubt that God is good, because once again, we have to consider the context. Adam and Eve were in God's garden. If God were not good, he would not have put them in paradise. The serpent had done nothing for them and had nothing to offer, so it is therefore foolish to trust in an empty vessel of deceit. So, Adam and Eve did not fear the Lord. Instead, they doubted him. They doubted they could trust him, they doubted his power, and they doubted his goodness. What pushed them from the beginning of folly to diving headfirst into the deep waters of folly was reliance on their own reasoning. The final straw was that Adam and Eve trusted in their own understanding and not on God's revelation. Genesis 3 6 says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and she gave it also to her husband with her, and he ate. In other words, Eve thought about eating the forbidden fruit, weighed the pros and cons, and sin was calculated to be a good idea. This is what folly does. It substitutes human reasoning for God's word. This leads to sin, and at its core, this is what sin is, trusting in something other than God. The formula for sin hasn't changed since the Garden of Eden, which helps to explain why there are no new sins. Man has been committing the same sins over and over again since the beginning of time because he has believed the empty promises of the lie over and over again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, so a genuine reverence of God means we not only know who He is, but also that we can trust Him. We can therefore obey Him because we trust Him, and we trust Him because we know that His prescriptions are good. Jesus was the only one to obey the Lord fully, and Jesus also faced a challenge involving a tree and whether or not to obey. Jesus' tree was the wooden cross, And although death was certain on the cross, Jesus trusted God fully that He would not abandon His only begotten Son. Jesus therefore showed us how we ought to live, and although His obedience was costly, He rose again to new life. Not fearing the Lord leads to exile from paradise and separation from God. Fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and leads to life, peace, joy, and an intimate relationship with the One who sustains forever.